The first thing is First Thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale on 760 WJR, where Michigan comes to talk. And Renee is out this week. Her and hubby taking a very well-deserved late honeymoon. But uh, Jason's here. Can I, since you're uh, you're doing double duty, you're doing some traffic, you're doing a little mm-hmm. co-host, can I call you Fist Dog? Absolutely. All right, Fist Dog. <laughs> well, and I say that because, uh, you know, we are not flipping formats to Sports Talk 76, but it was a huge, huge sports weekend here in Metro Detroit. Now, uh, be honest with me, Jace. Um, was there any part of you yesterday that after that quick start that the Lions got off to in the first quarter against the Saints, was there any part of you that thought that they were going to blow that thing? Not at that point. Not at, not at, in the first quarter when they came out. I'm talking and, about like the second and third where they In the they second and third, yeah. yeah. And the people are watching uh, it with two thought, wow, this, you know, oh, my God, this, uh, here we go again. That, uh, it, that's that the Lions reputation is still following them. And it will. Yep. And, you know, the S word did creep into my line, my, my the back of my mind, same old, but I won't say it. I will not say it. You know, we'll be talking about this game. Uh, Of course, obviously, Lloyd's going to be serenading us later on. Mm -hmm. We're going to be calling Renee in uh, New Orleans. She was at the game yesterday a little bit later. But I think what Lions fans need to stop doing is agonizing over the way they win. The NFL is built for parity. We're kind of in that middle late stage where, you know, good teams, they kind of hit their lull. Um, and I think we just need to just relish the fact that the Lions are nine and three in December, yeah. and they're tied for the second seed in the uh, in the NFC. And you you never apologize for a win, and it is tough to win a road game in this league, no matter where you go. Right. And that place was so loud, and you can tell on TV. They say that's a loud building. That's a loud building. And there's a lot of Lions fans too. Oh yeah. Now. I'm wondering about, did you see that guy who was on the chain gang who got run into, I think it was by Alvin Kamara, and uh, they showed on camera real quickly how his leg was bent in a natural, <laughs> unnatural way, and then they cut away from him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, they, carted him off the, they carted him off the field pretty quick because you could tell there was like a little delay in the telecast, and then they just went right back into it like nothing was right. wrong. Um, I'm going to be taking a survey this morning, by the way. Uh, of course, yesterday we found out that uh, Michigan is the number one seed after beating Iowa uh, 26-0 Saturday night in the Big Ten Championship. What a game. Yeah. Snore. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a good thing that we're not doing East versus West anymore because it's always Michigan or Ohio State beating up on, like, Iowa or Wisconsin. It, it'll be nice next year to have uh... – a, a better Big Ten championship game. Yeah, sure, we're Michigan fans, but we like we like to see him win. But oh god, yeah, that and, was so boring. Right, and and of course, you know, it's probably going to be a, a rematch uh, of Michigan Ohio State every year. But it'll still be a better game than Michigan beating up on on some you know someone from yeah. the West. But of course, we got the uh, we we got the college football seedings. Michigan number one, undefeated Wisconsin number two. Texas number three, and of course Alabama edging out undefeated Florida State at number four. So I'm taking this on unofficial survey this morning. Did Florida State get screwed? God, it's like I was telling you off air. A buddy of mine says you can't leave Florida State out, even if Alabama wins. And I said they will put Alabama in. 
Because it's the SEC. It's right. the best conference in college football. Alabama has been on a roll. Their only loss was to Texas. Uh, <sighs> well, I, I think the committee, you're absolutely right. The committee could not reconcile the fact that there is going to be an SEC list. Um, right. Big uh, uh, college football playoff. And I think that. I, I think it's time. I, I think it's definitely good. This is the last year of the four-team playoff. Um, one of my favorite terms, though, is both things can be true because it it applies to so many things. Yes, Alabama probably is the better team than Florida State. But I think that further illustrates my point that Alabama did not earn their way into the, uh, into the playoff. And I think that uh, um, Jordan Travis... Florida State's star quarterback, if he wasn't injured, I think Florida State's in because Michigan playing a um, a Florida State offense without their star quarterback with the backup court, that's not a good watch for TV. No, no one's going to tune in and watch that. Um, so, I, I, but all Florida State did was go undefeated in the ACC, which is having a down year. But that's not their fault. And I'm looking at their schedule right now to see what their best win was. It was probably Louisville. I, I mean, like I said, yeah. the ACC, Clemson wasn't any good this year. Miami Florida wasn't, wasn't good. Yeah. So, I, but yeah, I, I think I think though Alabama is a better team. Georgia is a better team than Florida State. I think Florida State they earned it more. So. But it, and and but to leave an undefeated team out, what does that say? Obviously, it's going right. to change next year, and they're going to have a shot. But um, it you know it's strength of schedule, and we were you t- you asked me this before we got on the air. Would you like it if the NFL was like that? And then, uh, there's no way I would like that. Well, yeah. The, well, what I said is that if the the NFL playoffs were. Um, decided the same way as the college football playoffs, the the Dallas Cowboys would be the NFC championship every game. Right. Every year. Every year. Every yeah. year because of the eyeball test. Yeah. And and, and then in college it also is it, it's a lot of a lot of it has to do with um you know they think of like who's gonna travel well. Right. Conferences. It, it's 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 ama- it, it's it, you can never do it like basketball where there's a sixty four team tournament, but I wish we could. Right. And then uh, how about Jim Leland getting into the Hall of Fame? Well deserved. Yeah. Oh. You know, Jim Leland's tenure here in Detroit was great. You know, they got him in in 06. That's when they signed Maglio. They they you know, they started to spend on free agents. Unfortunately, they couldn't win a World Series. They never get over that hump, even though we did we we did own the Central as the T-shirt said back oh, then. Yeah. Was it three three years in a row? Mm. 20, 2011, 12, 2013. And uh Jason, I I don't know. I I was born uh, like two months before the Lion, uh, I'm sorry, the the Tigers won the World Series in 1984. So the Jim Leland era was the best era of Tigers baseball mm-hmm. that that I can remember. Yeah, because uh, I think like I I am 44. So that when the Tigers won the 84 series, I was five. So I actually didn't really get into it until I was about nine or ten. Right. And the Tigers had. Uh, 16, 17 losing seasons until Leland came here, and that 06 World Series appearance was such a uh, yeah. like out of the blue thing. And um, but there is one thing about Jim Leland that one small thing that I always liked when he did his his uh, post game press conference. Yeah, and he would be eating ribs. Or, yeah. it got to a point where it's Play like, what, game. Game. yeah, what what is Jim what is Jim Leland eating? <laughs> it got to be like uh it's ribs ribs from Slow's barbecue <laughs> <Really good. laughs> right. yeah. uh 
Well, in other news, real quick, it doesn't look like there's going to be any more temporary ceasefires anytime soon between Israel and Hamas. Israel has recalled their negotiations from Qatar after the ceasefire expired and they resumed their ground attack um, south to all of Gaza. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin joining Joe Biden, calling for Israel to do more to protect Palestinian civilians in Gaza. Uh, Iranian-backed Houthi rebels out of Yemen. They struck three commercial ships in the Red Sea while they were targeting an American warship. No word on any death or injuries, but the U.S. has vowed to react with an appropriate response. And Muslim leaders from all over the country met in Dearborn this weekend to condemn Joe Biden's hesitancy to call for a ceasefire and to pull their political support for his re-election. So it looks like Joe Biden's in more and more trouble come uh, 2024. And the Michigan Public Service Commission, they had a busy end of the week last week making two large decisions. Uh, first, the commission approved a $500 million project to renovate Line 5 across the Straits of Mackinac. Currently, the Line 5 oil pipeline runs underwater on top of the lake bed in the Straits of Mackinac. The current, this next project, it will move the pipeline underground underneath the lake and encase it in a concrete tunnel to minimize environmental impact in the event of a leak. Opponents have spoke out at the meeting. Uh, they said that the project... Uh, will be a boondoggle that will lock the state into using fossil fuels longer than necessary. And the Michigan Public Service Commission, they also approved a rate hike for DTE customers, which will net the utility company an extra $368 million of the $622 million they requested back in February. I've heard numbers anywhere from uh, $3 to $6. The average uh, customer will see that as an increase in their in their electric bill. And Jason, I will pay another three to six dollars a month to DTE if um, my power goes out less frequently. Mm-hmm. And when it does go out, it, it, it takes uh, less than 24 to 72 hours to come back online. Right. And you're you're downriver. I'm on the east side. Uh, I've lived in my house about 12 years now, and I never used to get power outages that much. Now it's like, you know, yeah. any stiff wind, it goes out. Yeah. It, isn't that weird? I remember as a kid. Maybe we got one or two. When I was a kid, we got one to two power outages a year. <laughs> and I got to say, down where I live, down river, it's gotten much better. We don't get super free, frequent power outages, but when we do, we're out for days. Yeah. Where it used to just go out, you're out maybe for a couple hours. Now, my in my area, I've, I haven't been out for more than a half a day. But it's still, I mean, it's still obviously an inconvenience. Right. So, yes, I will pay the 3 to $6 will... extra if they can deliver on that. Oh, absolutely. First thing, Mike Parsons, Jason Fissler in for Renee Vitale on WJR. And Renee is out this week. She'll be back next week. Uh, sitting alongside here, though, Jason Fissler, a.k.a. Fist Dog. We've yo, been yo. Chopping it up. And, uh, you know, Jason, why don't we uh, check in with Renee on her, on her honeymoon uh, it's 535. She should be awake. Uh, hello, Renee. Good morning. Wow, you sound sleepy. Did we wake you up? No, actually, we're uh, on our way to the airport for the second leg of our honeymoon. Oh, so have you been to bed? <laughs> well, actually, it was a late night. We we continued the celebration uh, of our win for the Lions. We were in, We went to New Orleans to watch the game. That, and you, it was awesome. And you were actually at the game, weren't you? We were at the game. Uh, it was the first time I actually went to a game and uh, was at the uh, at the stadium of not the home team and rooted for not the home team. It was it was a little strange. 
I'll be honest. It felt weird. I got. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Jace. I got to ask you because the just watching it on TV, you can tell how loud that place. That place was pretty loud, wasn't it? It was crazy. It actually felt like we were at a Lions game. I was going to say it, it looked. It looked like a home game. It was a lot of blue. It was. It was a sea of blue. The streets of New Orleans, Bourbon Street, was a sea of blue all weekend long because we got there Friday, and uh, all weekend long it was a sea of blue. It was pretty amazing to see. And you heard Let's Go Lions chants all weekend long. It, it was awesome. It was a cool vibe. But now, there. Renee, uh, when the when the Saints were mounting their comeback, yeah. did you have that thought in your mind, here we go again? Yeah. Um, they say something that, uh, what was it, move them chains? Move them chains is their <laughs> thing that they say. And, uh you know, when they were starting to come back a little bit, you just kind of sat there quietly. And it was, you know, you got the side eye from from the Saints fans. Yeah, I was going to say, how, there. How, how did Saints fans treat you? You know what? Everybody was very nice here. Everybody was very uh, cool. Because no, you had a lot was, of backup. There was good sportsmanship. There was good sportsmanship here. That's for sure. And, you know, a lot of people said, you guys deserve this. You, you guys deserve this. You had a rough go. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know no, how I feel. I don't know how I feel about that because it's kind of like, hey, hey, we're we're nine and three. We don't need your sympathy anymore. Nah, no one can nah, tell us can. nothing. You, you'll never, you'll never hear an Ohio State fan no. say that to a Michigan fan at the shoe. Yeah, you know what? You guys Actually, deserve this. Yeah. No, they were rooting for us. I think more people were rooting for us. They were. They were actually rooting for us. They said, "We hope you go all the way." Well, I think it was we, really cool. I think we figured out why the Saints stink this year then, because uh, what was their, their motto? It used to be who dat or who day. I was yeah, saying that. Who dat? Yeah. Who dat? Now it's just and move them. Like the Lions, that's who dat. Wow. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. Now, now it's kind of uh, it, it's kind of tampered down expectations. Where now it's, it's kind of like who dat quarterback in the game because they, they were yeah. moving them around. And, well, of course, Derek Carr got hurt too, but Taysom Hill yeah. run a lot of plays too. Well, speaking of speaking of chains and people getting hurt on TV, we saw that dude who was holding the chains and and he got run into by Alvin Kamara and his uh, his uh, knee was bent in a way it shouldn't be. And they cut away from it. Was that a was that a big deal in the stadium? Uh, Because they didn't really show it on TV. No, you know what? It might have been, but we didn't have great seats, so we couldn't really (laughs) see much going on over there. Uh, I think that's when we got up and did a potty break. Um, yeah. But yeah, very no, compassionate. We, yeah, you know, we couldn't really see. We saw somebody get injured, but we couldn't see too much going on as far as that goes. That Superdome's crazy huge, and we were pretty high up. If I'm if I'm being honest, now the so we day didn't get to see that the day before you and your husband were at what the 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 oldest continuously operating bar in New Orleans. Yeah, the old absinthe house. And they had, ooh, that sounds dangerous. And um, they had a piece of paraphernalia in there, uh, Bobby Lane's old helmet. Yeah. And something kind of clicked to me, right? In in Detroit, we all grew up hearing about the curse of Bobby Lane when he got got traded from the Lions. He said that the Lions will never win for another 50 years. That was back in 1958, so we're well past that. And I'm wondering if maybe the fact that Bobby Lane's helmet is down in the voodoo capital of, of, of the United States might have something to do 
with uh, the Lions' bad luck up till recently. I, I, do we need to go down there and, like, exercise that helmet? I don't know. You should have said something. I would have climbed up on that bar and grabbed it. I was already up on top of that bar. No, yeah, please. that's just what you need. <laughs> what you need. Yeah, to be bailed out of jail on your honeymoon. <laughs> we did see Crackman walking around. Oh, yeah. Did he recognize <laughs> you? Uh, you know what? I was already in a place that I didn't need to meet friends again. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just kind of went, hey, Crackman, and kept Got walking. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, hey, we're, we're, we'll let you go. We'll let you and uh, we'll, we'll let you and Dave enjoy your honey. Where are you guys? Uh, where are you guys heading off to? Uh, Dominican Republic. Ah, uh, the down, Garden State. all right right. well you have miss you guys already we miss you too you have fun and i can't guarantee we're not going to call you again this week oh boy don't do that (laughs) (laughs) all right fair enough all right travel safe thank you all right there we go yeah i think they're undefeated when renee's in in attendance so uh happy travels to them New York Congressman George Santos, he became just the sixth lawmaker to be expelled from the House of Representatives after being voted out on Friday. Santos, who survived two previous expulsion votes, had a third one called against him after a House Ethics Committee released a report that showed sufficient enough evidence that Santos committed a number of financial crimes, including using campaign funds for a number of personal expenses. The measure which needed a two-third majority vote to pass, did so by a vote of 311 to 114. Santos was heard saying, to hell with this place, as he exited the Capitol for a final time, which I think a lot of us on our last day at a job have felt like doing that. But it was time for him to go. Remember the movie Half-Baked? when they, the, the guy, Oh, yeah. That's another one where it's like, blah, 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 blah. I, I hate you, and I'm out of here. Bleep you, bleep you, bleep you. You're cool. You're cool. That. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last week, Jason, I didn't get to this, but billionaire Dan Gilbert, he's hoping to see more federal funding to expend ma- mass transit here in Metro Detroit. He was speaking at a free press event, and he said that part of the reason past mass transit plans have failed was that there was a lack of a regional transportation authority, which we now have. Uh, Gilbert says that not having a legitimate public transportation system puts the region at a great disadvantage when it comes to attracting young talent. College grads, they don't want to own a car. They want to bike and take a train to work, and they want to live in cities. Now, my whole life, I've heard the, the rumor that the reason we don't have public transit is because the auto companies thought it would hurt car sales. That might be an urban legend. But, yeah, public transit's just been atrocious here my whole life. I always said when I was younger, I wanted to live in a city. I wanted to use public transportation instead of driving. And then you start driving and you're like, this is great. Now with insurance and gas and this and that, it's like, man, now I wish I could definitely do that. It's not possible. I don't live in the city, but. Yeah. Well, yeah. Having a car is great when you're a teenager and and all you have to pay for is gas and your parents give you an old beater and they pay for your insurance. Right. Once you actually have to start paying. You know, public transit seems pretty nice. Right. It does. And I mean, Dan Gilbert's right. I mean, most of these cities that have good public trans transportation systems. They're they're federally funded. Um, you know, the Q line is nice. That's that's what private that's what private funding gets you, but it's very limited. And and it serves his purpose, but it doesn't serve the whole region. And I remember when I first started working here, I I looked up a bus route from my parents' house in Clinton Township. And 
from Clinton. You're you're from the east side. Uh, yeah, about, I'm in Clinton Township, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. So what? It's a 30, 40 minute drive in here. No, it's about twenty twenty five. Okay, it's pretty well, quick. Further, further, well, I'm I'm on the outskirts of Clinton Township, though. I'm I'm closer to Harrison Township, so yeah. that's why it's a little. But I think that further illustrates my point. Um, the bus route that I would have had to have taken would have taken me from Clinton Township out to Pontiac, jump on a bus in Pontiac, and come down Woodward, which would have been like a three hour bus yeah. trip. So, yeah, it's 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 long past due. And uh, he's absolutely right. I mean, and, and as a guy who's invested in this city and has uh, a financial interest in this city doing well, I think uh, people should listen to him. So, sure. all right, we are going to get set to welcome in Guy Lloyd and Jamie after the break. It's first thing on WJR. And Renee is out on vacation this week. She'll be back next Monday, but. As always, the rest of the crew is here. Guy Gordon, Lloyd Jackson, Jamie Edmonds from JR Morning. Uh, Happy Victory Monday, everybody. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, as as always on a Victory Monday, Lloyd, I I hope you have your multi-range pipes (laughs) ready to go. Because you know what we want to hear. Forward down the field. (laughs) Oh, man. I got to say... I gotta say, I, I after after that fast start, the second quarter, the third quarter, the S word started. Yeah, ruminating <laughs> yep. in my mind. Yep, 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 yep. Twenty-one nothing. I'm like, okay, that's great, but it's the first quarter. We still got three quarters to go, and we can't just you know get comfortable because uh, you know anything can happen, and it almost did. Well, and I'm like, where did the where, where did that team from the first quarter go? I the, thought they switched uh, uniforms. <laughs> they switched jerseys. <laughs> I got to say, though, that without Alex Anzalone, there were some guys that really stepped up nicely yesterday. They did. You know? Yeah. I mean, there was yeah. – I'm looking – it was more good than bad yesterday. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean – I agree. Well, and I was telling Jason in the first segment, you know, obviously it's not the best way to win getting off to a, a, a hot start and just uh, holding on until you can make a, a, a couple of key plays in the fourth quarter. But we also need to stop agonizing over the way we win and just take t- take a win in the NFL. Well, yeah. yeah, I was about to say that things have certainly changed around here if you don't like the way they're winning. Right. This team <laughs> exactly. is 9-3. Right. 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 Exactly. Right. exactly. That's 2000s-era Patriots stuff right there. <laughs> Right. Can, can yeah. I say I'm glad we're done with the Packers? Did you see what they did to the Chiefs last night? Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. That was a humiliation. Well, Taylor, Taylor Swift in the audience. <laughs> oh, man. Didn't help, huh? I, I think that was their first loss with Tay-Tay in the audience. <laughs> it really was. And I hate myself for knowing that fact, but here we are. <laughs> I hate it for you saying Tay-Tay. <laughs> well, well. I like um, it. Thank you. Thank you. Um but, yeah, I mean, and I think that just goes to show you, I mean, obviously, um, it, it makes our loss against Green Bay on Thanksgiving look look like less of a bad loss. Um, and it's just in NFL, there's parody. Um, any given team can beat any other team any, any, any given day. Sunday. That's and right. can I say this? Sam Laporta is a Mack truck on two legs. That guy is impressive. <laughs> impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm taking a informal survey this morning obviously uh the other good news over the weekend michigan is the number one seed in the college football playoff um washington obviously is where they're supposed to be at number two no problem with texas getting in at number three because they were a one loss team they won the big 12 and they beat alabama right but 
did the committee get it right putting Alabama in at number four, or did Florida State get screwed? I think I think FSU got screwed, but I know Nick Roddy's is that his, his <laughs> do I see brain matter on the wall back there as his head explodes? <laughs> Why? What's that? Nick can't hear us, by the way. Oh, he can't. Nick, that's, a, that's Florida, a good thing. Florida State, they get screwed or not? All right, so Nick does not think Florida State got screwed. <laughs> that, seemed, that seemed rather emphatic. Yeah. Well, I think they absolutely did. I agree. I mean, I think that Alabama is the better team, but I think that further illustrates the point that they did not earn their way into the college football playoff. Yeah, Florida State uh, rose above adversity. They're undefeated. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've got a third-string quarterback. You know what? I don't care because it's not about satisfying the networks of the Nielsen families. It's about rewarding teams that overcame. That's right. Well, just my opinion. I heard this analyst Nick thinks say, I'm wrong. say this over the weekend. This is not a traditional tournament. This is an invitational. You are invited by the 13 people in that room, and they just didn't invite Florida State. You know, can we get Nick on a mic here because um, – I feel like he's silently judging us here. <laughs> well, he, we've got three hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, we don't have much time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's exactly what it is. I think that Michigan playing against a Florida State offense that has a backup quarterback is not as good of a watch as Michigan versus Alabama, and that's why the decision was made. Nick, right. what say you? Okay, so people are upset that Florida State was left out because they went undefeated and everything. But if, if you're upset that you're facing Alabama – it's because Alabama is better than Florida State. It's not. That's not. My, no, I don't, that's I don't give not, a rip. It's yeah. about justice for Florida that's State. That's not what the committee well, has, I, it goes off of. Is, no, is, the committee is trying to why satisfy is it Liberty the in? SEC. Why isn't Liberty in instead of Texas? Well, then? because they're not a Power Five right. school. This okay. is the first they're Power bending Five over for the SEC. Yeah. No, they lost to a, a playoff team. Dang it! I co- mean, <laughs> they lost to Texas. Well, well it's Alabama did. Yeah. So I mean. Well, you, you know, for more spirited debate like this, tune in to uh, JR Morning. And by the way, we got Kwame for a whole half hour, so you're not going to want to miss it. Coming up. A judge overseeing Donald Trump's civil case in New York has reinstated the former president's gag order. So is the order constitutional, and why was it rescinded in the first place? Neil Rockine, criminal defense trial attorney at Rockine Law, breaks it down with Tom Jordan and Kevin Dietz on All Talk. Oh, he couldn't talk. Uh, then he could. And now he can't again. We're talking about Donald Trump because now a uh, New York appeals court has reinstated the gag order on the former president in his civil fraud trial, uh, citing some uh, increased threats following his social media posts. So they don't want the threats there. And the social media posts, they're trying to make a connection there between it. So obviously, Kevin, this has been challenged uh, by Donald Trump's legal team and a lot of a, t- a lot of tension uh, in this trial, just the back and forth gag orders. Tom, am I the only one who can't tell when there's a gag order and there's not a gag order with uh, Donald no. Trump? I don't see no. a lot of difference in uh, how Donald Trump acts, if behaves, if he has a gag order or not. I- I'm sure there's some subtle. Uh, I- I- he's probably a little more careful when the gag <laughs> order is on. But uh, uh, that being said, it, it is back, and just now to uh, talk about it is Neil Rockheim from Rockheim Law. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good morning, guys. Appreciate you being here. Uh, yeah, thank you. This is the this gag order is like um, 
it's 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 sort of like mouth tape that actually you can breathe through and talk through and that um <laughs> is invisible at times and uh it's like it's, it's like the, the the imaginary tape over someone's mouth it's like uh so, co- co- remember covid and the masks and people would wear them below their chin or they would like yeah, they have the whole mask yes. and not covering their nose or their mouth it's, it's kind they, of that kind of game where or they'd wear one that we would actually, when you open your mouth, it actually opened, so you could oh, yeah, through it. Yeah, that, so. that too. Uh, so, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, let's talk about um, let's talk about the judge's decision here. What goes into a decision like that? If, if, and and is it more difficult to do for a former president of the United States who's running for president than say your average citizen? Good question. Um, so gag orders are traditionally put in place to protect juries and to protect the litigants from one party or one side or the other from putting information out there in the general public that could potentially influence the, the, the jury pool. You want jurors to get their evidence from the courtroom from the witness chair and from evidence presented and not from information that's out there in the, um, in the public domain and in the news. Um, and so when, when judges issue gag orders, it's typically to limit the parties from um, speaking about a case because there's a concern that the case, that jurors will get that information not from the courtroom but from the news. Um, what's so unusual here is that this, that this is a bench trial. So the, the judge shouldn't have any concern or fear that information that is said right. by Donald Trump or his lawyers <laughs> good point. is going to influence the decision because he knows that he should just be getting the, the evidence presented in court is what should be influencing his decision making. It's one of the reasons why there, there are some cases where lawyers would typically would would choose to have a bench trial as opposed to a jury trial because you 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 want to focus on legal issues and you don't want all the the extraneous noise and concern that um, you know jurors could be distracted by something or, or someone um, so th- that's a traditional reason for a gag order so the, now, now you see this why is an un- now you see why you're yeah, our legal is, expert, Neil. You notice those little subtleties like uh, this, this is, is a bench trial instead of a jury trial. It is. It is. Yeah, I did notice I, that. You and I, this look, is unusual. I just want to say, look, yeah. I, I've, I've covered hundreds of trials. You've been in hundreds of trials. Uh, we've both seen gag orders issued all the time. I never remember once attorneys coming out of any courtroom where a gag order was issued saying, what about my First Amendment right? They just they just accept it. Why why is it so different now, this uh, this argument of First Amendment right, because it's Donald Trump? I never I never hear that. Yeah. And. The reason why the reason why it's so the reason why this is happening here is because Donald Trump is running for president. Donald Trump has is is speaking. He's he's positioned himself and he's arguing that the entire process in the appeal, this entire trial, the entire prosecution and litigation in New York is the product of, of a vendetta and a bias to get him. And his position is, is that he should have the right to comment under the First Amendment on anything that impacts his um, anybody who is uh, biased against him or has demonstrated bias against him. And traditionally, in a campaign, you would. If he wasn't being, if, if there wasn't a trial, there wasn't litigation, there wasn't this going on, he'd be able to say whatever he wants, essentially, about anybody that he thought was 
was communicating negatively about him. And that is one of the things that people that people who are Donald Trump supporters um, appreciate about him is that he's willing to call out those who are antagonistic to him. He's willing to actually respond and to to rebut. I have I've only seen a few lawyers over the years where their gag orders walk out and say something. And usually the deputies are don't even let that lawyer or litigant leave the hallway before they haul him right back into court. There's not a motion to be held in contempt of court. The judge will usually just order the person right back in and will I mean I've seen the doors barely close when the then somebody who's gagged makes a uh, uh, an extrajudicial comment and the judge goes, What did you say? <laughs> Neil Rockine talking with Tom and Kevin about Donald Trump's gag order in his civil lawsuit. Hear the whole interview. Go to thegreatvoice.com. Look at all talk. WJR 760 is proud to announce our annual Christmas on Us campaign. Help us recognize and honor those who have served our country and worked on the front lines to keep us safe. Nominate Michigan military, first responder, and frontline worker families uh, that you know are deserving. And we'll give them a gift of Christmas this year for full deal details. And to make your nomination, visit WJR.com. WJR's Christmas on Us is brought to you by Genesis Cadillac, Kearns Brothers, Weingarts, and Warren Consolidated Schools. It's first thing, WJR.